This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up? Thanks for coming back for another episode of You Can't Guard Me. Shout out to it being Friday. Happy weekend to my casuals and casualettes. Let's get right into it, man. You know, you know, real quick, you guys have been great in terms of supporting the cast. I mean, you guys have done an absolute crazy job. Um, two episodes in, uh, I'm now available on Spotify, which is really cool. Um, I think Google Podcasts as well, too. Several smaller ones, but... You know, those are huge. Still waiting on the iTunes to accept me into their into their clan. But uh, as soon as that goes down, I'm going to reach out to you guys via uh, Twitter. You, you can follow me there if you're not following me at It's Ant Right. That's at It's Ant Right. I-T-S-A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, yeah, thanks again. Uh, today's going to be a little bit, a little bit different. I'm going to have different types of topics on here. Um, pretty much how my Twitter works. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big basketball guy, big Michigan guy, but that's not all I talk about. You know, I do talk politics. I do talk you know, educational things. I do talk finance. I talk pretty much, pretty much everything. I touch on everything. So just a heads up, like there is no there is no boundaries to what I can talk about on here. And you guys are giving me great feedback on on some episodes to you know think about you know doing and I listen to everyone. If I don't respond to you, I'm sorry. Sometimes mentions can get lost in the timeline because um I have so many different threads of different conversations and it can get kind of boggled up and confusing. So if I ever miss you or I'm ign- like I'm not trying to ignore you. I try to respond to as many people as as possible. But if you really want an answer to something, uh tag me on it a few times so I'm able to, to actually see it so it doesn't get lost in the abyss. Um today we're going to talk about, you know, a new reaction in terms of Michigan and the early entrance um where Michigan stands with that. I was on the huge show uh couple days ago and uh we talked about that and and i just want to kind of expand on that on top of that we have uh we're going to talk a little bit about nba we're going to talk about nba and we're going to talk pistons because they're in the playoffs for the first time and for the first time in a while and so i'm going to have duncan smith on here he's he's uh one of the uh big pistons writers out there uh in the state so I'm gonna have him here on later, but just to just to start things off, there's some there are some slow people on Twitter, bro. 
There are some really slow people on Twitter. Whatever you put out on Twitter, I am going to pull the receipts. So I, I just got a few tweets here from some slow people. I'm getting itchy just thinking about it. Nick Stauskas is one of those players who would have benefited with another year in college. Has great talent. They posted that in July of 2014 after he got picked in the top 10. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Duke gets player of the year in the league, wins the conference, gets to the Elite Eight, one shot away from a back-to-back -back Final Four. He would have benefited what? Benefited what? He could have got to top five. Slow. <laughs> this guy said, Trey Burke is a fool if he wants to go to the NBA. Son, you are not ready. Stay another year or, or end up like the last guard from U of M. Nowhere. He was referring to Darius Morris, who played a few years in the league and has made three to four million dollars. <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I, I just don't understand. Then this guy goes, still think Trey Burke should have stayed another year. You are, he was a six foot lottery pick. He was a six foot lottery pick. I mean, what? Stay another year for what? For you? Who are you? Come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. Oh, and alright, so this was a little... This was about Mo Wagner. Someone goes... When he declared for the draft, someone goes... It's a smart move. His value will never be higher. Hey, wow, we got a... <laughs> we got a quick one here. Okay. But then your boy comes in there flying hot with the response. His value isn't high. Won't sniff the first round. Another guy chimes in. Hey, he's all about it. He 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 overshoots a little bit, you know. A little too much dip on the chip, but he goes, I'm not a Michigan fan, but this kid will be a top twenty pick. Hey, he's a lot closer than the other dude was. And then your boy comes back with the response, no, he won't. He's skilled but slow. You have to understand the translation from college to pro. From college, the translation. 6'11 guys who can shoot it and handle the, the ball just doesn't translate to this guy. He goes, athleticism is paramount. He has skills, but he's going to get murdered on defense. Won't be a first-rounder. 25 picks later. First round. L.A. Lakers. He had some injuries, but he secured the bag. It's a wrap. He's worth eight figures. It's a wrap. Found this one funny, too. You uh, remember that scene from uh, Castaway with um, Forrest Gump. What's his real name? 
what was his name? Tom Hanks? Is that his name? Where he's in the water yelling Wilson after <laughs> and his ball is just like floating away. He's just yelling Wilson, just screaming for it. Wilson! Well, so I posted that gif in response to DJ Wilson declaring for the draft. And uh I'm like, this is Michigan's timeline right now. Just screaming, Wilson. No, Wilson. Come back, Wilson. Some dude said, you know what? I'm going to tell you who it is. Because this dude has a high opinion. All he does is talk. All he does is talk. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Ev. This guy, Ev, goes, going to laugh when he goes second round or undrafted. I believe he's been the third highest pick uh, for Beeline's tenure. I think uh, I think Burke and Burke and Staskis were the only lottery, right? And then he's at seventeen. I believe Mo was twenty-five. Karis was twenty. Gr three, I believe, was he was forty. Um, Darius was also second round as well, too. So, so yeah. His <laughs> second round or undrafted. Nice. Nice. Stop tweeting dumb stuff. All of you. All of you. A kid wants to do what all of y'all wish you could do. And you're saying he's doing the wrong thing. Look, this is how this is how this sounds. Alright, so in high school, you get great grades, right? You get great grades. What happens if you get great grades? You go to a pretty good school. Let's let's just say you're at uh, what's a good school? What is a good? I'm not gonna say Michigan because that's biased. Um, what's a real? You go to Dartmouth. All right, hey Dartmouth. Dartmouth is Ivy League school. Great school. All right, you go to Dartmouth and you're studying something, right? Who knows what it is? Two years in. You are one of the top 50 prospects to be in a certain coalition, right? All right. Within this coalition, they go, hey, look, this is what we can do for you. You could leave Dartmouth today, okay? If you leave Dartmouth today, you are going to prepare over the next two months for a spot on one of our 30 programs throughout the country. Do you have a chance? Yes, you do. You are in the top 45, 50 easily. Over the next couple months, you have a chance to prove yourself on, and you can increase your value over time. Oh, here's the kicker. Not only are you top 45, top 50, but if you're in the top 30, you are guaranteed, you are guaranteed at least four to five million dollars. Four to five million dollars. Guaranteed. If you can work in the next two months, this is your dream. You've been working on this for your entire life. You've been working on this for your entire life. Now, here's your opportunity. 
I know it's a four-year thing at Dartmouth, but I think you have an opportunity to join right now. Oh, also, if you do end up in one of our programs, you have three to four, maybe even five years to prove yourself. Not only that, if you prove yourself as being one of the top eight of our 15 teammates, of our, of our 15 players, you can get signed to a second contract that can go from anywhere from mid eight figures to over nine figures. Guaranteed money. And on top of that, we will allow you to go out and wear certain clothes and those companies can also pay you millions of dollars as well too. If that's you or that or if that's your kid, what are you going to tell them? Well, you need to you need to uh are you ready? Are are you sure you're ready for this? I don't think you're ready. I don't think hey, you may you may be able to work to number 28, 27, but you know, maybe next year maybe next year, who knows? You can get to 20 or 15. Little does he know, there are some really really smart dudes in high school right now who could probably take that position this this time next year. Five million in the hand is worth ten million in the bush. Five million in the hand is worth way more than ten million in the bush. You drop the five mil, go chasing after ten, end up with nothing. Don't end up like a like a Marcus Page. Marcus Page, hell of a college career, bro. Great college career. After his after his first season, he was a mid first round draft pick. He went back to North Carolina. He has played now. He once he left UNC. Now his his stock plummeted. Like as soon as he returned to to a school, his stock nosedived. He went from being a lock, mid-first-round draft pick to playing in five NBA games. Nothing guaranteed. And that's super sad. All because someone said, someone in his circle, was were one of you slow people from Twitter, said, hey, hey, hey. Hey, Trey Burke, hey, he came back after his first year and and he became a lottery pick. That's crazy and that's sad, dude. Mellow Trumbull, Maryland. After his after his uh freshman year. He was a first round draft pick. Probably late first round. 
but he was a first-round draft pick. Now that he's left Maryland, he has played in zero NBA games. Strike when it's hot. Back to my my analogy. Okay, so this guy pursues his dream job, leaves school early, goes, pursues his dream job, gets picked in the late first round. That's four to five million dollars in his pocket, guaranteed, done deal. Even if he fails, even if he fails. Even if he fails, he can still go to Europe and make big money. Doing what he loves to for playing a sport. He could go over there and still make good money. I know guys over there who played for 10, 12, 15 years and they've amassed another five, six million dollars. Not everybody, not everybody, but if you get a shot in the if you get a shot in the league, those in Europe they're going to pay you a lot more money because of that, because they see the NBA is the elite league in the world. You know, Duke guys like Trajan Langdon. You know, he played with the Cavs for a while. After that, straight overseas, he was making probably one two million dollars a year over there, tax free. Ain't nothing wrong with that. School will always be there, bro. Your knees won't. (laughs) School will always be there. Your knees will not always be there. Your ankles will not always be there. Your shoulder ligaments will not always be there. They're going to hurt. And when they start hurting, they're going to hurt for a long, long time because you're older. And it, and, it, and it takes your body so much more time to recoup. School will always be there, though. After amassing millions, go back and get your stuff. Now you're in your mid-30s. You're set for life. Now you could really enjoy life. But no, wrong decision. Wrong decision because maybe if, maybe if you had waited then maybe something else will happen strike when it's hot if it's in your hand you take it you run and you maximize your opportunity the next argument is people say you know whatever money isn't everything money isn't what what you look at your bank account and and you tell me if there were two commas in there how how (laughs) How much stress will leave your body? How much stress will leave your body if there were two commas in your bank account? Is money everything? No. No, money's not everything. But at the same time, fixes a lot of problems. Being broke doesn't. Being broke fixes zero problems. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Being broke fixes no problems. Living paycheck to paycheck fixes no problems. Living paycheck to paycheck means you are praying every day 
in an emergency does not go down. If my card goes out, I am in a lot of trouble. Now I got to borrow from my 401k. Now I got to pay that off. Oh, I'm going to stop paying that off. Oh, now I defaulted on my 401k loan. Oh, I owe how much in taxes? Now who's back again? You're going to be you're going to be chasing you're going to be chasing debt forever. I just I just don't understand. So you have to understand that no, it's not all about the money. But at the same time, these guys are doing things that, you know, these are their these are their dreams. They've been they've grown up, and they've they do you know like like dudes have been seeing LeBron since like from the very beginning. Like, can you imagine Brzezakis? I mean, he was watching LeBron 10 years ago. And now you get to play against him or or with him? That's crazy. Guys have been, been watching Steph Curry for years. Now you get to play against him or with him? It's got to be a surreal feeling, and you are that close to it. Now, there's this thing out there where you guys are talking about how yeah, well, they're not panning out. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. You know, are they going to be a Hall of Famer? Da, 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 da. They're not going to be a superstar. Not everybody's born to be a superstar. If you look at these high techies, like if you look at Facebook, if you look at Amazon with Bezos, and you look at, you know, the dude from Apple, the dude from Microsoft. Those are the superstars, but their company is really successful because of the people behind the scenes as well, too. There are some dudes that you've never heard of that make a lot of money who are who are probably, who might be a bigger impact than the dudes who run the whole thing. 100%. There are some dudes that you've never heard of at Apple, at Amazon, who make a lot of money, but they are superstars within their role. There is nothing wrong with that. We we don't have we don't have enough of that. Honestly, we don't have enough kids who are who are okay with not being the CEO. But but they are going to be great at their job. Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, Draymond Green. You don't have you don't have to score to win championships or to be a huge impact. I've all, you know, Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, Draymond Green, it's almost like they're the engine of the Ferrari. The Ferrari looks really good on the outside, but what really keeps everything going and what keeps everything moving on the inside? That powerful engine. That high motor that keeps everything going. DJ Wilson, he had a, man, this year, 
Dude, if you're a Pistons fan, you have Thon Maker because DJ Wilson ran that dude out of Milwaukee. Thon Maker's agent was like, bruh, this DJ Wilson kid is taking all of my guys' minutes. We got to get him out of here. That's why you have Thon Maker. DJ Wilson took all of his minutes. And DJ just, he's just going to get better and better. There's a reason that they picked up his option. Because he's going to have an opportunity next year as well, too, to expand on what he did this year. This was really his first year playing. Last year, he was going through injuries and setbacks and all that. The beginning of this year, same deal. Injuries and setbacks. But when he got his opportunity, man, he seized it. He seized it. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be the superstar. Do you know what he needs to do? He's 6'10", long wingspan. He needs to dunk. He needs to make open threes. He needs to guard the other team's best post player. That is his job. He's going to guard Blake Griffin. He's going to guard Jokic. He is going he is going to guard the other team's best post presence. He's going to guard LeBron when he's at the four. For two reasons. Why? Because not saying he's expendable, but you would rather him being more aggressive on the defensive end than guys like um, Giannis or Chris Middleton. DJ Wilson, really good year. People are like, well, he's not doing anything. He's only averaging this, this, this. I'm like, you are, you are box score watching. You are not looking at the impact of the actual game. There is a reason why the fans and the people of Milwaukee are ranting and raving about DJ. And that's not how it always was. They were pissed. They thought he was the biggest bust to walk on this planet. By far. But nope. Nope, when he got it together, he got it together loudly. With his effort, with his motor, making shots, and his defense. He added a new spark to that team. And if this summer he really works on his game, and next year, now he's now he's doing a, a lot more. I mean, sky's the limit for that kid. He will stay in the league if he continues to do the little things. Not everyone needs to be James Harden. Not everyone needs to be Steph Curry. Not everyone needs to be KD. Look real pretty with all these with all these you know sexy play. Look, someone's got to get down and down and down and dirty. Those are the dudes who are getting paid right now. Montrez Harrell, huge. Clint Capella, huge for the Rockets. Huge for the Rockets. He doesn't do anything except except his role. That's all he has to do. Not everyone needs to be the guy. Everyone wants to be the guy. That's fine. But not everyone needs to be the guy. Going to uh, switch gears a little bit here. Early entrance. Poole, Iggy, Matthews. Pretty sure Matthews is gone 100%. Uh, pretty sure Iggy is gone 100%. Um, Poole is, that is a very strange situation. 
Um, I'm going to liken that to almost like a Manny Harris situation. Um, where you know, I'm hearing different things. I'm hearing so many different things right now where he's going to go to the NBA and stay in the NBA and see what happens. Go to the NBA, say he's going to come back. But trans, trans, I keep hearing transferring, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it does not make sense, man. The more I, the more I talk about it and bring it up and think about it, him transferring makes zero sense. Zero. None whatsoever. Like, you're not going to go to the league and then come back and then transfer someone else somewhere else when all the other wings have now left. You are the focal point. Like that doesn't make sense to leave. But I keep but I keep hearing it. But it doesn't make sense. It just I don't know. There's more to that story. I I just don't know, man. But worst case scenario, all three leave. Where does where does that put Michigan? Um Heard earlier that you know Eric Williams from Duquesne. He's from uh, from Port Huron, Michigan. He's a hooper. I mean, he could hoop. As you notice right now, Michigan is honing in on the wing position tenfold. They have two wings coming in, and they're on several wings on the uh, recruit and uh, transfer market. From Eric Williams Jr. From Duquesne, he 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 was putting up like a, it's pretty much a left-handed Charles Matthews with a much more consistent jump shot. That's how I can kind of compare him because he's a monster on the boards and he's just super aggressive dude. Uh, Franz Wagner once you know reminds me of Wieskamp from Iowa. Um, tough as nails. I like Harlan Beverly a lot. I just like the way that he plays. I like the way, I like the energy he brings. You know, there is you know there is no beta in him, and that's what this team needs a lot. Um, you know, Lester Quinones. You know, he can, he can hoop, he can make shots. You got Pierce from William and Mary, a grad transfer. He'll be able to play right away. He's a great player. He's a great player. A lot of really good options, so you know, really, you know, don't be a, don't be afraid. Just know that if a lot of guys leave, just know that we're going to see a lot of different faces next year in those spots, and they're going to be just as good, if not better, offensively. Defense, it's all about heart and it's about effort. Um, but offensively, you know, we have to shoot the ball better. We have to be way more efficient. We need to start running on turnovers, makes and misses. Especially if we have the athletes, we have the guys who can get up shots. But I am not worried whatsoever. There are there, you know, they they are doing a really good job. They being the Michigan staff, they they are doing a really good job of um, of getting of getting the right guys. They're doing a really good job of they're doing a really good job of you know just. You know, getting the right, just the right pos- the position. They're focused on that position. It's crazy right now. I don't see them on any, 
on anybody under like 6'5 or 6'4 right now. I think Beverly's about 6'4, 6'5. I think that's the shortest dude. They're not on any bigs or power forwards. They're they're looking at twos and threes. Big twos and threes. Big twos and threes who can score at all three levels. I'm really impressed with their with their um with their with their list right now. But changing gears here, we're gonna get uh Duncan Smith writer for the Pistons. We're gonna go over a little bit of the NBA. We're gonna talk a little Luke Kennard, a little Donovan Mitchell. We're gonna talk about you know where does you know, you know, does Detroit have a shot? Do they have a chance? What's going to happen next? Just the future of the franchise. We're going to touch on a few things. Uh, it should be fun. I'm going to get them in here right now. All right, we got Duncan Smith on the line with us here. That is Duncan Smith NBA on Twitter. He's got one of those fancy blue check marks, so you know he's legit. Um, Duncan, what's up, man? What's going on, Anthony? I got that check mark when they were just giving him away back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up with that, man. I, yeah, I don't know what you, you should have jumped on when you could have. I know. I that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Goodness gracious, man. But um, thanks for coming on, uh, Duncan. I know you uh, you're a writer for Hoops Habit and B Ball Riders, and you know ever since that I. Ever since that I've been following you, you know, you've been a writer for the Pistons, and uh, we've had a couple of blowbacks, you know, one being $20 million man KCP. Uh, the other one Every being, dollar well spent. <laughs> the other one being, like, the advanced analytical Twitter versus, you know, basketball Twitter, that whole rivalry. But outside of that, I think uh, we've, we've had some good engagement back and forth. Um, so... Thanks for coming on again, man. Uh, how did you get to where you are today in terms of writing? And you know, what has your path been? What do you tell people who are trying to become their own writer and pretty much being an entrepreneur? Um, well, as far as like what I tell people who are trying to, quote unquote, come up in the game or whatever, um, generally speaking, like I think the best way to do this is to do it like specifically for the love of it um you know it is not something you're going to get rich at it is like you know a, a very rare few that um can make a, a living wage at um so you know you've got to derive a lot of your satisfaction from like just enjoying like film and stats and numbers and learning from people who are smarter than you it's um it, it's a lot of there's a lot of work that, like, the main reward for is just your own personal uh, enjoyment and happiness and, uh, you know, personal betterment in, like, in this craft that you've chosen to enjoy, whether it be as a hobby or, um, you know, along the lines towards a career, um, like, wherever you kind of, like, fit in that pecking order. Uh, as long it's, it's really important to enjoy it uh, above everything because... For most people, enjoyment is like the, the prime reward you're going to get along the way. Right. Um, as, as far as like my own path, uh, you know, I basically I've, I've until I started writing about basketball, I had never really done any kind of formal writing. Um, but I enjoyed basketball. I enjoyed reading about basketball. Uh, I enjoyed reading smart people's opinions on 
on basketball. Um, and one day I was, I was on Twitter. I think I had about 112 followers at the time. <laughs> and, uh, I, <laughs> I saw, uh, Piston Power tweet out of things that they were looking for new contributors and writers. And I was like, you know, I, maybe this is something that I would enjoy. Maybe I would, uh, maybe I would be good at putting my thoughts down in, in words and, um, getting feedback and seeing how close I am to the truth and, um, you know, kind of, kind of determining like what my own takes are, sort of in a, uh, a fashion that gives me feedback. So um, I uh, looked into it and got pretty quickly accepted, and I liked it, and it clicked. And uh, my editor was pissed and powered, Braden Shackelford, a okay. very good friend of mine to those a day, um, did uh, a lot of mentoring with me, and we spent a lot of time with just like talking about how the site works and how writing works and, and basketball in general. And I, I guess I kind of got a knack for it because it was pretty quickly. I was uh, co-editor of the site with Braden. Um, from that point forward, you know, like I, I think that was kind of my, my passion project of sorts for a long time, but I was picking up other projects on the side and just trying to develop, you know, as I said before, just trying to develop my craft and, get as good at it as I can, um, learn from as many mistakes as possible. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't waste any mistake ever. That's probably the one biggest, one biggest thing I could say to like anybody who wants to learn about doing this sort of thing is like, don't waste any mistakes because they're going to happen. Right. And if you, you get caught up in them or whatever, like you're not going to, you're not going to benefit. You're not going to learn. Um, and that's really what the whole thing is all about. So, gotcha. uh, that's, that's basically it. I've just, I've tried a lot of things. I've, Put a lot of stuff out. I've gotten feedback, some good, some bad, as you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, you can't please uh, everyone, man. You can't please everyone. Can't and, please you know, everyone. Yeah, ultimately, I'm writing for me and people who are interested in the same things I am. And I think that's another pretty important thing. Um, you know, if you if you write about the things that you're interested in, like some people will will kind of vibe with you on on that level. And I think that's probably a, a pretty big reason that like I've I've gotten some. Um, some some decent interest I think on like social media and it's because like um, like-minded people kind of come together in this one topic and uh, exactly. I, I try to be as interactive as I can on that you know and I keep learning through that and I think that's probably the biggest key yeah that's huge that is huge I've always said if if everyone likes you you're doing something wrong yes you know what I mean and uh, and you have to be versatile is is one but also, you know, be versatile in things that you're passionate about as well, too. So you're not just like a one-trick pony. Um, you know, like, I think, you know, that's why you've, you've also built your following because you're, cause you're not a one-trick guy, you know. And, and that's why you have over, you know, 10K followers. And, and at one time you had 112, you know what I mean? You weren't like, you know, a guy who, like, you know, like myself, like I created – a Twitter, I pretty much had like 2,000 right away just because, you know, people related to me because of my past. You, on the other hand, you really built yours over time, and uh, that's really commendable. Uh, so, Duncan Smith NBA is his Twitter. Remember, he has a nice pearly blue check mark. Um, so, Pistons are in the playoffs. This is their first time in how long? Uh, they made it three years ago. So three years ago, uh, did they win a game? They did not win a game. They were tough. They gave the Cavs, you know, like that 
Oh, that was the Stanley Johnson. I got all the energy game for Le- yes. on LeBron. Oh, yeah, that was the that big was the tough guy we game. We all thought Stanley was he was going to come into his own. He was going to be the LeBron stopper. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I remember that. We okay. all get everything wrong. Everything we ever think is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay. So it's been three years. So now they go up against. Um, you know, I'm not going to say they're the best team, but the the team with the best record in all the NBA, the Bucks with you know Giannis, and they have a they have you know people who don't really pay attention to the NBA, like they just see Giannis, but they don't pay attention. Like they have some really good pieces around him as well too. Um, Pistons were 0 and 4 against them. Only one loss wasn't by double digits. Um, what can we what can we expect from this series from the Pistons, the Bucks. Do we have a chance? Do we have to stop Giannis and let everyone else go off, or vice versa? You know, tell me, kind of, you know, you know, where do the Pistons stand with this uh, first round matchup here? Well, one thing that goes in their favor is it is really, really hard to go zero and eight against a team in the season, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> right. not easy to do that. <laughs> um, that's probably where the good like begins and ends, though. Um, I, I. Do you think that they're going to get swept? But I think that if you recall, like the way they played against the Cavs, um, you know, it was it was very evident which which team was better, which team was was going to move on pretty much from the jump. Yeah. Um, but the the Pistons in that series, um, you know, you could you could see their energy level kind of reflecting the fact that this is not a playoffs. Um, so I mean, I I think that we're going to see a a more consistent, energetic performance out of the Pistons. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're kind of known for um, having random, strange malaises throughout games and sometimes entire games. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that. Um, I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty energetic, um, you know, 100% of possible energy kind of performance. Um, so I, I feel like all four losses are going to be decisive, but the Pistons are going to look about as good as... A team like the Pistons can look against the Bucks for what good that is. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. I don't have a lot of hope to offer. I, there's not a lot of hope to offer. <laughs> we'll I hope see. we can get a playoff win next year for these guys, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so that kind of leads to the you know next spot is, you know, the Bucks have their best player playing at a high level. Uh, what is the deal with Blake Griffin? Like, the last couple weeks, he's been in, he's been out. He kind of played this one game, kind of played that. Like, like is he injured? Like, is he going to be hampered moving forward? Like, the Pistons need the guy, but they may play well with You know, they need him to win this series. So, what's been going on with him? Yeah, the knee is definitely uh, a problem. Um, I'm not sure if the actual nature of the knee injury has been released i think it's just been like a sore left knee uh a sore knee has been like the the most specific they've been about it um i've seen i don't know if i should say this but i've seen some speculation that he might need uh, like a arthroscopic surgery in the off season i think that probably makes sense uh not being a medical specialist or expert in any way shape or form but um it, it does seem like he's that that knee has been bothering him for, I think, a little bit longer than we've known. Uh, really since around, like, after the All-Star break, he's, he's kind of struggled. It's been noticeable, like, his uh, his lagging in production. Even though that's around the time that the Pistons started playing 
really well as a team. Right. Um, he kind of took a dip around them. So I think he's been playing hurt for longer than we know. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so like you said, like for them to – you said to win a series, but I think for them to steal a game, they're going to couple, uh, right, like right. level Blake. To make yeah. it interesting to where, the, yes. to where the playoffs last a couple more days, you know. Yes. Some people say like their goal is like a, a win against the Bucks. I want to put a scare into them two out of two or three games. That's gotcha. that's I think that's a realistic, real reasonable goal, and you need Blake to do that. Oh, one hundred percent, man. Um, so what is your so if you had to put your house on it, how many games does this go? We we've we've pretty much heard that the Bucks are gonna win this series pretty easily. But are you saying sweep? It goes five games. Does it get pushed to six? Um, what is your prediction? Um, if if I had to just pick one number, I would say probably a sweep. But I also think that um, some of these series that you think are going to be an easy, clear sweep, sometimes you get like a gentleman sweep. Um, you know, a team comes out really energized in their first playoff game at home, right? Uh, and, and maybe that's enough. I I don't think that the Pistons have the guns, especially in their current state. Uh, to stick with the Bucks, and I mean, Giannis alone can just drop fifty-five on you uh, and, and dish out like twelve assists. They're all threes, you know. Like that right dude is back, a monster, man. <laughs> that dude is a monster, man. He's so good, and there's there's no answer. Like, you know, you try to play the zone on him, he can just like blitz through the zone by himself uh, and just dunk know. it like it's yeah. a, like it's a like it's a freaking video game. Yeah, he, like he has his own ability to like create spacing because like you can't sag off him because he just like blasts by you. Yeah, you, know, you, you so want to give long. him like four feet on the three point line. Like, great, you just gave him four feet to build up ahead of steam, and he's too long and too strong and too athletic. Um, and you know, like, who do you want to guard him with? If you guard him with Andre Drummond, he's gonna have four fouls by halftime. Exactly. Uh, Blake can't move side to side right now. Period. Like, uh, it, it, he's just. He's the ultimate matchup problem, I think, in a way that the Pistons haven't seen since, uh, what was it, 2007, when LeBron really came into his own. Right. Uh, it just took know, that like, over, right. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, I think that's kind of the, the storyline for the Pistons in this one, too. I think they're just going to be, um, you know, essentially a fodder for uh, a young guy who's coming into his own is probably the best player in the NBA for the foreseeable, fu- the foreseeable future. Yeah, man. His trajectory, I mean, like, if you go back and watch the games from his like rookie season, they don't look anything like they do today. <laughs> no, just like, like when you look at his physique, you know, I, I saw a picture. He looks like Thon Maker. Yes, he looks like a slightly more muscular Thon Maker. Yes. Thon Maker is built of toothpicks. <laughs> except, except Giannis did look like he was young. Thon is still mid thirties. Yes. Yeah. Do you Thon, think he's in Thon's his mid thirties? Like do you? All right, all right. Between you and me, and, and anyone listening. Do you think Don Maker is as old as you, as old as he says he is, or do you think he's a bit older? Um, I think it's, I think there's a good chance he's older. Yeah, that's, yeah, Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing, like, I don't have any kind of, um, you know, I've I've got no data to back this up, um, but, you know, he's... He looks like Greg, Greg Oden in that, like, Greg Oden looked like he was 42 when he was drafted, you know? <laughs> he's, he's just got this, like, aged Man. countenance, and it just makes more sense that he's older than younger. Those guys come over here from Af- Africa, man, and they started changing those numbers around. Did you see that one guy a uh, couple years ago? He was, like, 28 in high school. Like, like it's, 6'9". It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. All right, so all right, so 
We talked about the prediction. We pretty much talked about how this matchup is going to be over pretty quickly. Now it's moving into Pistons 2019-2020. Uh, what do they need? What what are they losing? What is their draft position right now? It's not a really deep draft, really top-heavy. Um, not a deep draft. So Pistons have to be really good at really, you know, getting a getting like a diamond in the rough here. And historically, <laughs> they haven't been that good at that. <laughs> With Ellenson and Darko and we, we can go we can go down the line. So yeah, they really um, have to do their due diligence coming up. They do, um, and I think it, it's. The front office is a new front office. Uh, last year was their first draft, and I think they did a pretty good job of, of basically taking one uh, fairly early, I think, uh, second-round pick and turning it into Kyrie Thomas and uh, Bruce Brown, who uh, who was you know, starting two-guard for the Pistons for most yeah. of the season. He's done well. Uh, he's done well. Yeah, he's done really well. Uh, it, you know, it'd be great if he could shoot a lick. Uh, it's it's going to be really, really painful uh, when the Bucks do that playoff thing where they like pull all the tricks out of the bag and they start sagging twelve feet off of him when he gets the ball. Oh, they're going to tum tum him. Oh man. Yeah, he he's going to be exposed in in a pretty big way, I think, um, in this series he's uh, hit because the Bucks are already really good at like at basically like shot selecting for you. Um, you know, they'll give you the long threes. They'll give you the above the break threes. Um, they'll shut off the corners, and they will give Bruce Brown all the threes he wants, and that's not going to be a good thing. Um, but for the draft, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a new front office. Uh, this is the first time they've had a uh, first-round draft pick. Um, so, you know, I don't want to paint them with the, the SVG brush. Um, I don't want to paint them with the Joe Dumars brush. Right. Uh, you know, so I don't have any any assumptions as to whether they're just going to like take this draft pick and punt it like so many others um and you are probably much more tuned into what's going to be available in that the middle of the first round because i i probably the week before the draft i'll watch like a handful of zion clips and that's probably going to be about the, the about it for my draft and they're, draft. And they're not going to slip he's not going to slip past zero <laughs> no he's not going to slip but I, I just i just want to be able to say i i, I watched some some caller stuff, guys. Right. I've done my work. I, I will not have, but I want to be able to say that I did something. Right, right. <laughs> and I don't want to watch the rest of it. I just, I just want to watch the good one, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, um, I mean, honestly, man, after after the first few picks, it is, it is a, it, it, it all comes down to need and where, and like, you know, like which, you know, which team is in which place. Do you know when the draft lottery is? Is that coming up here? Uh, I think that tends to be around the beginning of the conference finals. Okay. Because um, okay. I seem to recall the draft lottery where the Celtics, two years ago, I think, where the Celtics got the first overall pick um, was right before the first game of the conference finals between them and the Cavs, which I, I think we all found rather amusing. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I think it's around that. If it's not the if it's not the beginning, it's like early stages of the of the conference finals i think okay gotcha gotcha yeah man the um the talent is very very similar from you know from like seven to 30 like it's very very similar like yeah you have your guys who are kind of on the upper part but you know as we know when it comes to guys in college you could be really good today but where do you project that so i think nba teams are 
going to start doing a better job at, are you a good basketball player today? You know, I don't even want to hear about what you can be at some point in time because that, like, how often does that really work? Like, really based off of potential. Like, like just because you have a long wings wingspan and you can shoot threes, but you're softer than buttermilk biscuits, like, what is the point of drafting you? But you pass the eye test, so therefore they're going to give you a shot. Yeah, and a shot is often... Um, you know, sort of something that separates some of those upper level picks uh, from the lower level ones. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I think that ultimately there's a good reason that they fall in the slots that they do. Right. Um, but you know, when you when you keep giving the same kid uh, several years of opportunity, um, you know, say a, a mid lottery pick or something like that, versus uh, early second round middle second round pick that guy's just not going to get the same opportunity and chances right so it's almost like the pedigree um kind of dictates almost as much as like the talent um how things are going to go for guys who are not elite does that make sense like i could be wrong about that too yeah makes sense makes sense makes sense um it's 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 almost like well i'm paying this guy 10 million this guy three hundred thousand. why you know i kind of got to (laughs) <laughs> like I'm, yeah, I my, my I money's in, <laughs> my money's yeah. in. I got, <laughs> I gotta kind of make them, something so. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, Duncan Smith NBA is his Twitter. Remember, he's got the pearly blue check. Last thing, and because um, I know people, you know, this is the biggest. I believe this is like the biggest Pistons fan debate. And people like to really fight over this. So, Luke Kennard, I know it's hard when Luke Kennard, you know, plays 12 minutes and has 7 points, goes 3 for 5. Has a decent night based on his opportunity, but then you look at the box score the next morning because Utah plays at 10.30. Um, You see Donovan Mitchell had 35 points on 50% shooting. Um... What are your feelings about what a lot of people think is a Pistons miss, but other people think, you know, Luke just hasn't gotten that opportunity, and at some point he'll be that guy. Um, where are you with the whole Luke Kennard and Donovan Mitchell saga? Well, um, it's something that I think my my feeling on has evolved over time. Uh, you know, early on, I think. I was as shocked as pretty much everybody was that the Pistons picked Kennard instead of Mitchell. Mitchell was my guy. He was, it was probably the draft that I'd done the most work in prep for. So I was like, all right, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know how this is going to go. And again, I'm wrong with everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we don't know anything ever. So um, he obviously he got off to kind of a slow start, um, you know. With, with the Pistons. Um, I think probably around, um, I guess it's probably the middle of January or so. I wrote about this recently, um, so I'm trying to check the memory banks here. I believe it was around the middle of January. Um, something something changed um, in his approach. It was also around the time that he just got into a fight on the sidelines with the coaching staff, so I don't know if that kind of gave him... Um, you know, if it kind of reduced his uh, give a crap level, and he was 
just gonna go out there and gun, which is what he should have been doing all the time, rather than like putt faking and then dribbling into whatever was like the worst option available, which is pretty often what he would do. Right. Um, so when he's doing that, which he's been doing for most of the last couple months, uh, when he is doing that, when he's being aggressive, when he's taking the first shot that's available to him, um, he's very good, and I think that he plays uh, a vital role on pretty much any team. Um, so he's he's not Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to be dominant Donovan Mitchell. I think I think Mitchell is probably more than a little bit overrated. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of has that that Westbrook shooting. Factor, Carson, he's you know, Carson Ray. Edwards. He's Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards from Purdue is like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like he'll 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 do that thirty five points on fifty percent shooting, like you said, and then he'll go out and score like twelve points on two of sixteen shooting. You know? Right. <laughs> and and those are the games that we we don't mention, and when we do mention, Jazz Twitter jumps down our throats and says, "Don't mention it." <laughs> that is the um, worst Twitter ever. It, they're, they're ever. Passionate. They're oh passionate. my gosh! Because there's nothing else passionate. to do there. There's nothing yeah, else to do in Utah. This is what I hear from just about everybody, um, and yeah. So there's there's definitely kind of like a narrative challenge when it comes to Donovan Mitchell and his actual value and everything. Um, you know, I, I I think everybody still would, would prefer, given the choice, that the Pistons just made the uh, pardon me the clear choice and, and pick Mitchell. But at the same time, like if if this was a draft in which there was no Mitchell Canard conundrum kind of thing. Um, I think that everybody would be very pleased with the uh, the, the trajectory that uh, Luke Kennard has found himself on, especially over the last couple months where he's kind of, uh, I think he's kind of stepping into this more fully realized version of himself. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and Mitchell, I mean, he had an opportunity right away. You know, yes. He didn't have Reggie Jackson to fight minutes with you know he he didn't have you know seasoned guys at the point or shooting guard spot who were who who pretty much that was their job from day one you know so i think you know, you can't always compare people like that because everyone gets a different opportunity like if they switch does donovan mitchell does does he get does he get to shoot that much with andre no drummond way. And right, with, not a and, chance. And and with Stan Van Gundy as his coach, you yeah. know, he's for sure getting buried for the first several months of the season. Hundred uh, percent, just like Kennard did. Um, and you know, if you let Luke Kennard loose in Utah in a situation where uh, you don't have a coach fighting for his job like Stan Van Gundy ultimately was, yeah. um, you don't have a coach trying to with with all of the the things that go into like. Having to coach the team that you built yourself, um, you know, if if he steps in, if if Kennard steps into the situation that Mitchell had with Quinn Snyder in Utah, where there's no expectations, uh, the Jazz didn't really expect to make the playoffs or make a lot of noise. They were just going to go out there and play and see what happens. Um, and that was <laughs> most definitely not the plan in Detroit. Like it was all about getting into the playoffs no matter what. Um, and like obviously we saw how that went. And right. in the process, they really uh, did a pretty good job of squelching Luke Kennard. Um, and, you know, you flip the opportunities, and the story is most definitely different for both of them. Oh, for sure. 
for sure, man. Um, Duncan, man, thank you for coming on. We have to do this again at some point, whether it's uh, whether it's about the draft or whether it's about you know what we see in the team this coming fall. Um, I'm gonna look forward to your tweets per usual. I I I try to read as much as your stuff as possible to make sure you get all the clicks. Um, yeah, man. If there's if there's nothing else, I mean, thanks for coming on, dude. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll do something around the draft, and I'll interview you about the draft guys on your pod because I'm going to need to be. This will be my draft work. How about that? All right, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good, man. All right, Doug. I'll talk to you, dude. All right, Anthony, thanks. All right, see you. Yeah, so that was uh, Duncan Smith, NBA. Remember, he has the nice pearly blue check mark. Um, yeah, you know, Pistons, they made the final, not the finals, they made the playoffs. First time in three years. I think it's great for the city. I think it's great for LCA. Um, and... Uh, just got to hope that they uh, come out and compete and have fun. It j- just comes down to Blake Griffin and what he has and what's happening with him. And hope he's all right. I hope his uh, his health is okay and and he gets to be in the offseason and, and pretty much heal up. So changing gears once again here. I'm going to go right to the mailbag. I haven't had time to, to uh, look at these, but I'm just going to just – spit them off. I don't edit I don't edit my pods. I just talk. So if I say something wrong, let me know. Alright, so we got mailbag questions. Rick Moody asks, what is your go-to army on Clash of Clans, Farming vs. War? I haven't played Clash in like two years, bro. <laughs> I haven't played Clash in so long. But if I remember, um I am big on the miners. I love the miners. I don't know if they have them anymore. Um, I go miners, then I do the uh, healers on the queen first to clear out the one side. Then I go with the miners. Then I go with the the hero that can heal them. Forget what that guy is called because it's been so long. And then I go with the king after that to just clear up and a couple rage and a couple heals, and they just blast all the way all the way through. Um, thoughts on Zeb Jackson, Zeb Jackson, um, I've said this once, I'll say it again, left-handed dude's a killer, he, he, he reminds me of a left-handed Lou Williams, really good player, really savvy, really smooth, great shooter, he's a dog on the, on the uh, basketball court, will Tigers win this week, I don't know what, they play what, like 10 games this week, I can't keep track, in base, what, they're what, 20 games in, and Opening day was last week. Come on, man. Um, are you and Village teaming up for the Fortnite World Cup? Village doesn't hit those. My back hurts from carrying Village in Fortnite. Uh, what do you think of the trend back to short shorts? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, honestly, honestly, though, it's probably really comfortable. <laughs> it's probably really comfortable just letting the top of your just letting your you know your thighs breathe and just get all the oh man you know what my percentage probably would have gone up to gone up 20 percent if i wore short shorts do you think draymond will make the hall of fame do you think he should at his trajectory right now um i'm a huge draymond fan for those who who don't know 
Um, I think he, I think he should make it at his current trajectory. I believe he does have to make All NBA another two or three more, three, two or three more more uh, times. I know he's getting up there in age. I think he's like in his late twenties. Um, but he needs to, um, if if he can get All NBA two or three more times, and if he changes teams and gets All NBA once or tw- once or twice that erases this whole narrative that he's only good because he's playing with the Warriors. If you look back at the Warriors before Draymond got there, they were never they never went over that hump with David Lee. I'll say that much. Um, how many more years is Beeline at Michigan? I don't know. Um, he's never been at one place more than five years, and he's coming up on, what, 12 or 13? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I remember when he was... Um, it was like 20, 2009 or 2010. He says something like, you know, I'm not going to be here here, uh, here uh, forever. You know, I'm, I'm going to coach till about 2014 and, and call it a day or something like that. Um, and here we are, 2019, 2020 season, and he's out here recruiting his tail off. Um, do you think any of three draft entries will return? Um, no. I think 25% is on pool, though, to return. Iggy, Charles, they gone. All right. Uh, I think Poole edges Karras as most talented beeline air player as far as NBA potential. Um, ooh, man, I wish I read these prior. Ooh, man, that's a good question. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so Poole edges Karras as the most talented. Now, don't, please, 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 please understand that this is a really good observation. It is talking about the most talented. It's not talking about his NCAA production. It's not talking about how consistent he is. It's just strictly talent. Strictly talent. Um, it says, I think Poole edges Karras as most talented B-line era player as far as NBA potential. Um, whoo, I really wish. I'll come back to that one. I'll think about, about that. Um, who of the current freshman class will be a breakout star next year, if any? Um, I said this in my last pod. I'm a big Brandon Johns guy, but the one who has the ability to, based on the opportunity, is going to be Nunez. Uh, David DeJulius, he has to fight Simpson and Brooks for minutes. Castleton and Johns has to fight Livers and Teske for minutes. Nunez has to fight Crickets. 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 His competition is currently um, in the draft portal, and one of them may come back. Uh, and then he is he's going to have to battle some new faces, whether they're freshmen or whether they're transfers coming in. But Nunez has the best opportunity. As of now, that could very well change in about a month or two based on who comes in, but he has the best opportunity to break out. He needs to have a really good spring. Um Break down the 2019 remaining targets. Man, I wish I had time. Um, Justin Pierce, I mean, they're they're all pretty much, they're all very, very similar. I think the, the main guys is going to be Franz Wagner, which is Moe's brother. Harlan Beverly as well, too. Then we got Justin Pierce. Eric Williams probably can't play. I One guy said something about a hardship, maybe, but... 
I don't think he could play right away, but he'll be able to sit one and play two. But I think the three guys we should really be looking at is Wagner, Harlan Beverly, and Justin Pierce, who was the grad transfer. All very similar. They can all shoot it. They can all score at multiple levels. Um, Savvy, competitors. I really like Harlan Beverly. I'll say it again. I really like him. Uh, Best NBA comp for Chuck, Iggy, and JP. Um, I wish I read that one too. I said Iggy Brzezdakis is like a bigger, more talented Pat Connaughton. Um, Charles Matthews is going to be like a Bruce Brown. He's going to be like a Andre Roberson. He's going to be like a, uh, what's his name? Tony, uh, he's due to the first team all defense. Tony, what is his name? Tony, uh, Tony something. Tony something. I'm looking it up. Give me one second. Tony Allen. I'm tripping. Went to Oklahoma State. Tony, that was going to drive me crazy. So, uh, Tony Allen guy. Um, he's just got to be able to D up and push tempo and be an active MFer. That's got to be Matthews' role. And guys last in the league who, if you can stop the other wing from scoring, you you will get paid and you will last. Jordan Poole, I, I don't have a comp for him. Um, I like what the one guy said. He did say he's like D'Angelo Russell. He is quite like Russell. Not as Not as good of a passer, though. Um, but I would say like a D'Angelo Russell minus the pick and roll ability. Uh, okay, let's see. How good do you think Carlos Johnson can be? Duncan or Nick? Uh, Carlos Johnson is a really underrated passer. He is super smart. He's, he's about, he's about 6'5", 6'6". Uh, he, I mean... High motor, dude. He's a high motor, crazy smart. Um, he could be really good, especially in Beeline's offense, man, because you, you, you have to have a higher IQ, and you have to have a high motor defensively, and he really likes to get out and run as well, too. Um, who was the best player you ever guarded and why? Uh, I played against a lot of dudes. I, I played against KD, played with KD, grew up with him. Um, played against Blake Griffin, played against Lou Williams, played against a, a, a bunch of cats. Um, by far, and I've always said this, is Monte Ellis. Uh, why? Because he is crazy fast, crazy athletic, and he averaged like 45 against my team in over two years. We won both games, but that dude is really good. Really, really good. Uh, that's a troll about Austin Davis. Uh, when you break down film, what is your process? Do you look for something specifically first? Do you start general and get more specific from there? Um, that's a good question. Uh, when I watch film, I look at, first I look at personnel. After I see personnel, I look at where those personnel are at on the floor. Like, if I see someone, they're the leading scorer, and they're in the opposite corner where the ball is at. 
right away I know, okay, they're about to get some screen on the baseline or they're going to get two screens to come up and get the ball. So I look at personnel first. Personnel's first. Uh, style of play is probably second. Are they fast? Do they like quick hitters? Are, are they slower? Um, what are their tendencies? Um, when the other team is scoring, how are they getting their buckets against the team? Um, and I also watched film where I watch everything but the basketball at times. Even when I'm watching a game live, um, if you really want to learn the game, learn basketball, AAU is in session now, has been going on since last weekend. If you find yourself at a basketball court and you want to learn more about the game, watch a full game without watching the basketball. You will see so many things. Um, it's at the point now where I can see both. I can see what's going on with on the ball and off the ball. But if you really want to see how things are working and really want to see what a team's goal is or just to understand more basketball, high, high IQ stuff, watch, watch a game without watching the ball. You will learn a lot of things. Um, Luke Walton, the right man for the Kings. I think Yoger was the right man for the Kings. I don't know why they fired him. Vladdy's crazy for that. Same thing happened to Yoger at with the... With the um, with the Memphis, he he did way better than what he was supposed to, and they let the dude go. I don't understand. Like, what's gonna happen when he gets like a really good team? That's gonna be really that's gonna be scary. Um, what does Winston gain by coming back for another year? I mean, he's not an NBA prospect, so he 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 doesn't he doesn't gain or lose anything. He's just going to school for four years and then. He'll get some shot when it comes to the NBA uh, after his senior year. He will get a shot during the NBA Summer League. And from there, he can he can try to get into like a Ray Felton mode, like a Raymond Felton type of, you know, position. Um, but he is, he's a really, he's, don't get a twist, he's a really good basketball player, man. But, I mean, he's not the tallest guy. He's not the fastest guy. Um, not really physically imposing, it's like 180 pounds, um, not explosive, uh, unfortunately, not a long wingspan, but, um, that's, it kind of sucks for him that a guy like Carson Edwards has more pro potential than Winston just because of how explosive he is. Because he's such an explosive athlete to go with being super aggressive. Um, that sucks. Because Winston's a much better player. But in terms of NBA translation, Carson's way, way better than than Winston. Which is weird and doesn't make sense. But that's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, did the addition of Luke Yaklich and the focus on defense hurt our office professionally throughout this year? No, it did not. What hurt was having, you have three guys who who struggle from three. You know, Teske and Simpson, you know, they're not going to, you know, consistently knock down threes. Charles Matthews, the same exact thing. You had two guys who can shoot and pull kind of struggled this year. 
usually you have like three or four guys. Virginia is everything Michigan is trying to be in terms of personnel. Super talented. You know, you have a guy who takes care of the middle, still kind of skilled. You have a four who can guard multiple positions, make open shots. You have a you have a three who can pretty much do the same exact thing, but he's a little bit shorter. Then your one and two, they hit open shots and they take care of the ball. And their whole team plays really good defense, and you can switch the one through four without worrying about anything. They don't have any little guys. I mean, Kyle Guy's what, 6'3? Um, Ty Jerome's about 6'5. That is how that is how Michigan wants to be built personnel wise long term. That's that's the that's the type of personnel grouping that they that they want. And Michigan runs way better stuff than Virginia does. But Virginia's best three players were their best three-point shooters this year. And that's saying something. You're you're hard to beat. You are hard to, they only lost to two teams this year, Duke and Florida State. That's it. They lost three games. Zion twice and Florida State. Uh, who you got in the NBA playoffs? I mean, probably Warriors. Keep it simple. Uh, let's assume all three go pro. What does the eight-man rotation look like for you, Miss B-Ball? Thoughts on Jalen Wilson's freshman impact? Jalen Wilson's going to have a, have a have an impact if he comes in ready to compete because they're – you know, Beeline's going to be bringing in some monsters who are going to want to play right away because there's three available spots. You know, you're going to lose three starters if all three go. You lose the middle three. You lose your two, three, and four. Those are Beeline's most important pieces is the two, three, and four because those are the guys who who are responsible for scoring at three levels. So he'll have an opportunity. So will anybody else coming in in those spots. Uh, can Jaren Fowles prefer walk-on transfer be developed as Teske's replacement? I don't even know who that is. Um, given the power of hindsight now, what one change would you have made if you were coaching Michigan against OSU this year? I would have changed absolutely nothing. Let me read that again for you. Given the power of hindsight now, what one change would you have made if you were coaching Michigan against MSU this year? Nothing. Nothing. I would have changed absolutely nothing. I would just need one or two of my players to step up and make a shot. One or two of my better ones. You know, I you know, I I needed Iggy or Poole or Iggy and Poole to just take the game over like Mo used to, like Rockman used to. The the plan for the game was fine. But when he when when they got hit in the mouth, they were out for the count, buddy. They were out for the count. They got hit in the mouth one time. They were they were done. No, there was no type of fight against adversity this year. The plan was fine. They were thirty and seven. They were thirty and seven. Every time they faced adversity, they pretty much lost. Except home against Wisconsin. And they were lucky because Wisconsin can't even score. Um, what's Michigan starting five for the first game next year? I I don't know. 
don't know because there's so many. Ask me that and like, ask me that in like July. I'll tell you then. Thoughts on the Brandon Way possible transfer? Um, if Brandon Wade was on Michigan's roster this year, he would have got an opportunity to play, and I think he would have taken full full advantage. And he probably would have started the last 10 games. And Wade isn't scared of anything. That may be a change. He he very well could have changed the last two MSU games. I'll tell you that much. Um, who do you think has the potential to make the biggest jump this offseason for Michigan current players and incoming freshmen? Um, man, everyone needs to make, make a jump, man. John's. Livers. Livers needs to be that dude. Livers needs to do, Livers needs to be that dude, man. If you had to play for any for another college coach, who would it be and why? Um I wish I saw this before. Um Ooh, if you had to play for another college coach, who would it be and why? Uh Man, that's a good question. Um probably Fran McCaffrey. Uh he lets his guys hoop. I like that. I like that a lot. He lets his guys hoop. You know, you you know, people may get on him about he doesn't do this and that, but he he lets his he lets his dudes hoop. He lets his dudes take up, take big shots. You know, lets them go. I I have not seen him this year really yell at someone for taking a shot, um, and I like that. I like that. Uh, you build a lot of confidence within within the team, within each other. Um, and that dude fights for you too. He fights for you. He doesn't. He doesn't go at your head. Um, he lets you just play. Lets you just play. I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind uh, Pat Chambers either. That's another dude who will just let you play. Uh, favorite Big Ten player you played against? Um, yeah, Draymond probably. Uh, how in the hell can you believe that Emma Smith is better than Barry Sanders? Explain yourself. Cowboys, baby! Let's go. Team Cowboys. We're winning it all this year. Deal with it. We're going for another Super Bowl. Another. Hope you're a Lions fan. All right. Do you want to punch Graham Couch in the face? No, I'm not a violent person. All right. Let's go back to that one question because that was a really good one. Let me see if I can scroll up right quick. Um... I think Poole edges Karras as most talented beeline era player um, as far as NBA potential. Who's your pick? Karras? Karras was, man, Karras was really good, man. 6'6", 6'7", two guard. Um, Just straight talent. I think Tim Hardaway had a lot more to show in college than than he um, than he had at the time because he was because he was always a pro. 
Oh, man. That's, hey, questions like this are the ones that I like because it gets me think thinking I can't answer cliche or generic. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go um either Karis or Burke because Burke can score in so many different ways. Um Karis can score in so many different ways. I think Poole um Poole's talented. I just don't think I just don't think it is refined as it should be. Uh Hey, really good questions, though. I appreciate that. And once again, I do appreciate you guys listening in. Thank you once again for Duncan Smith for coming on. I hope the Pistons are are able to uh, do well. I don't have a voting interest in the NBA. I just like watching good basketball. Um, spring game is is uh, tomorrow. Heard they were in no huddle uh, like Rich Rod was against uh, in his first spring game. And uh, I don't know how that turned out. But I think uh, I'm really interested to hear the feedback on the spring game. And I'm really interested in, uh, really interested in, um, you know, moving forward with with the uh, pod. I have some really good ideas coming up. If you have ideas, please share them with me. I am all ears. Even if I don't use it, it may give me an idea for something else that people would really, really like. So if you wanna if you want a topic, a certain topic, let me know. I'm passionate and I'm really flexible with a lot of different things. And I love talking and explaining stuff. So in the future, I'm gonna have guests come on and we're gonna talk about a plethora of things. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk football coming up here in about in about a few days, not I'm not gonna say who I who I got coming on, but but you're gonna like it. Trust me, you're gonna like it. Thanks again. You can listen to my podcast on Spotify, uh, Google as well too. Uh, still working on a little bit more, but thank you again for the support. You guys, you know, you guys have no clue how how much it means. Like this is this is a hobby for me. And I'm glad that I can kind of expand from Twitter to you guys actually hearing my voice. And I'm not limited to just 280 characters blowing you guys up. But I do appreciate you guys. Your support is greatly, you know, is greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, we'll talk soon. Peace out. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.